Thank you for tuning in to Real True Facts, the Real True Podcast. We are back with a brand new show for you this week. My name is Elle Woods. And I am James Mason. Not that Not one. Not that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't let your mind play tricks on you, dear listeners, because today we are talking all about the Mandela Effect. Right. This was uh, this was a listener uh, suggestion that uh, just became so interesting that we, we had to cover it. I think it's interesting because... Uh, you know, it's not one of those sort of uh, just hard, fast rules like, oh, well, it's this or it isn't. You know, it's uh, it's, uh, you know, a new exploration for us here at Real True Facts, I think. It is because we don't know one way or the other. Um, the Mandela effect is sort of this phenomenon called false memory. It's when you remember something that didn't happen, but you believe it did. But but the interesting thing about the Mandela effect is that large groups of people remember this. Um, they remember something. The best example I can give is... The uh, Shazam movie with Sinbad. People think that happened, but that didn't really happen. And the uh, Berenstain Bears or Berenstein. So many people remember it being spelled differently. And so you kind of have these discrepancies between different groups of people that remember it one way and remember it another. Yeah. And that's what's interesting about it is that um, there are these it's shared um, that multiple people believe one way or another. And when we uh, talk to our 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 very learned guest this week, I think that's going to be part of the fun is, you know, just uh, wading through these different examples and uh, some of these different cases. So um, it'll be exciting to see what. you know, what the general populace thinks or thought uh, or will think versus, you know, what we may think or know or think we know. Yeah. And I want to be convinced of something because right now I'm not sure. I have very uh, vivid memories of the Berenstain, Berenstain Bears thing and Shazam with Sinbad. I, without a doubt, remember watching a movie uh with sinbad playing a genie i have i have that memory that's that's and again i think um you know maybe as we mentioned in one of our previous episodes when we kind of introduced this that perhaps um you know it was sinbad in one of his many uh just stellar roles he happened to wear very genie-esque um clothing so maybe it's this sort of uh yeah of how the memory works and and develops these kind of new things um i mean speaking of how the memory works in the brain i mean should we just go ahead and bring in uh dr seymour if we have him yeah let's bring him in up from the science bunker today i know he's very busy with his experiments so dr seymour come on up hey it's uh good to hear from you guys yeah it's been a minute yeah great to have your you're great. Uh, great to have your great scientific <laughs> mind with us this week. And I mean, just to get started, we're talking about the human brain. Like we're just it's we're not starting lightly here. Uh, human brain and, and memories. 
and this weird phenomenon of kind of collective memory. What uh, are, have you heard of this Mandela effect? I have heard of this. It's a very interesting phenomenon it, because it, it kind of combines uh, a couple different things that we're trying to learn or figure out about the brain. But also, once you start to get into the uh, the collective conscious, that's where we we're um, where we're still finding a lot of, of challenges there. But yeah, in terms of um, whether we want to call it making false memories, misremembering, it, it kind of has some overlap with, with a deja vu experience. And a lot of that uh, oh. kind of tied into how the brain works. Okay. So in, in layperson's terms, how, uh, what is a memory? Is it really just, uh, is it a wrinkle in our, in our gray matter or how does that, uh, I mean, in, in the most simple terms, how does that kind of work? Yeah, um, we do a lot of times, you know, call it a wrinkle in the brain, but really a lot of the, the brain activity is, um, it's about making connections. They're technically like little electric um, sparks, if you will. And mm-hmm. a memory um, initiates itself as just that, that one snap or spark. And then you, or excuse me, it's not a memory at that point. It's it is the it is the um, the thought, if you will, and then it becomes a memory when we can repeat that path over and over and over and again, and you know, kind of get it it worn in like a um, like you're uh, you're cutting through your neighbor's yard over and over on that those that same um, beaten path. Okay, so we're creating a pathway and then continuing to take it. And that's when we convince ourselves that that is reality. Yes, um, exactly. And it's um, all about how for different people, um, it takes a different amount of time and repetition to to create that pathway. Um, At different times in your life, that pathway may be easier or harder to create. Um, but in general, that's what we're looking at and all the different versions of, oh, I can't remember this or I, I used to be able to remember stuff or no, I, I even, you know, like the Mandela effect, like we said, is is maybe different versions of how our brain is 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 taking a path or interpreting the path it's taking. Mm-hmm. That makes sense on an individual uh, basis. But what happens when you have large groups of people, you know, uh, tens, hundreds, thousands, maybe remembering something a specific way. And then information comes out and says, oh, it really wasn't like that. And they have proof going back and and people get really confused. And that, that's when we have these these sort of like viral campaigns of this whole Berenstein Bears thing that we have people remembering and swearing that it was a certain way. And then it's not. What causes a, a giant group of people to remember one thing collectively? Well, that's what that's what we're looking at. And there's um, the the remembering something that didn't happen. The nearest thing we can tell, or, or kind of in lay terms here, um, is instead of your brain putting something into the short-term memory or realizing it's taking a path for the first time, it accidentally digs too deep of a trench there. And the first time you're seeing something, it 
your brain is tricked into thinking it has gone down this path before. So it kind of takes, oh, I'm seeing this for the first time, but you know that you've seen it before. And, you know, that that's how we we might think of, okay, well, that's a deja vu, or I'm seeing yeah. this, but I've seen it before, something like that, and still doesn't answer your collective conscious question. But we're seeing that people with certain traits um, are more likely to exhibit this it's at this point tied to very early childhood um uh -huh. experiences mm -hmm. uh, it's it's incredibly tied to um the duration the frequency the time of day and the diet of the mother for breast fruit feeding children mm -hmm. how susceptible you are to to that sort of misremembering and but we're still trying to find like because everyone you know when we're when we're talking about the sinbads we're talking about the 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 namesake here mandela's death at you know all of those different things right because people thought uh, he passed away in in prison but he uh, he passed away in 2013 but they thought he died in the 80s exactly that, that was not true so the question is that everybody who, who has those experiences swears by, and it's really hard to disprove. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing I love more than disproving <laughs> something, especially if it can be proving a whole bunch of people wrong about Sinbad. Um, sure. But, I wonder if, I mean, I think uh, my question is maybe isn't a big part of this that these um, memories and uh, these uh, um, examples don't exist in a vacuum, right? So if, um, you know, it's in our memories, can they be influenced by uh, other people and other things around us so that over time our memories you know go from being accurate and correct but much much later you know just uh, changed and and different yeah there there's there's a lot of reason to believe that like th those paths by some sort of that are that are in your brain by some sort of outside or maybe inside or more subtle or um, even, you know, mechanical, electrical, technological way can be kind of trained or, or turned in a certain direction. There's um, the question, like, with, um, let's pick one of the, the Berenstein Bears, for example. Was it, did each person have that specific memory that certain way, or was it when one person said that and then somebody else and somebody else and all of those people it's moms ate a whole bunch of spicy food when they breastfed them at 9 p.m every saturday night and there's just this group that is that we have a domino effect mm -hmm. that it that it went viral or probably the most likely effect and this is we wouldn't call this mandela effect now but look back a couple of years from now or maybe a couple of generations from now eh, 
you know, you, you talk to your parents and grandparents and, and when they click on the, the thing on the Google and then the Facebook thing pops up and the this and the that, you know, how, how did it know I was searching for that? Is it the computer doing that or is there some technology within the algorithms there or something even above the algorithms maybe pointing them a certain way? Yes. Yes. Oh, so that's interesting. Did the Mandela effect exist before Google or um, before uh, the search engine? That's uh, that's pretty interesting. I think that's something to to consider. We may need to bring that up when uh, later when we have our, our 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 guest on. I think. I agree. Uh, well, we'll go ahead and say thank you to Dr. Seymour. I know he's a busy scientist. He's got to get back down into the bunker. But uh, I have all these questions now about about past lives and, and surveillance and things like that that, that might be uh, we might be able to talk about later. But uh, thank you, Dr. Seymour. Is there anything you want to leave our listeners with before you head back down to the bunker? Um, not really. That was... Uh... That was what we know now. I can't wait to, to, to hear. It's always good to hear from another expert in a field like this. And, and hopefully our collective uh, you know, conscience and memory can move forward a little bit to, to cracking this mystery. Wonderfully put. Thank you, Dr. Seymour. We'll say goodbye to him and we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll meet our special guest. Welcome back. Our guest today is Dr. Roger Sterling, former chief ontologist for Elon Musk. Dr. Roger, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. great, great, great for you to join us. And I, I have to say, being um, the, the the chief ontologist with someone like Elon Musk, I conjure up images in my head of a, basically a, a highly educated a fortune teller or mystic um i you know is that how accurate is that uh, you're not far off because you know this is a guy who dreams up spacex and then you know at the same time he's like throwing baby names out to you like that are clicks and numbers and you're just like okay where's this coming from um so he's always got you on on your toes and you know you wonder the question I get asked a lot is, you know, who keeps around a chief ontologist? Uh, but sure. for someone like Elon Musk, it's, it's, you know, he's one of these guys who has so much going on that he sometimes, you know, as you guys were alluding to with Dr. Seymour, he sometimes has trouble remembering, did, um, this is going to sound weird, but did this really happen to him? And um, oh. so um, that was that was sort of how we kind of came together in the beginning was um, he was just curious and about going down that road a little deeper. And, and that's how we got together. Man. Okay. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And that's amazing. I wish, you know, if I were that wealthy, I would, I'd love to have a reality aid, you know, a reality expert by my side. So okay. when something happened or I thought yeah. deja vu, I could, yeah. Hey, what, did that happen? And have I been here before? Have I said that before? That's I have to be honest with you. I laughed at him to his face the first time he offered mm -hmm. me a job. And, uh, but he was dead serious. And so I said, okay, well, you know, I'll at least like, let's see where this goes. And, yeah. so, um, so yeah. 
Because yeah. that, that was my major question, because I wasn't sure um, what an ontologist actually was. I didn't want to be that person that said, oh, what is it? But what I'm inferring uh, is that an ontologist is someone who um, helps another person remember. Is that correct? Um, yeah, so... so Define it for our listeners, because I was very um, unclear on the uh, title. So I wouldn't say that that's the sole purpose of an ontologist, but it's more about um, one of the things that you can do when you're helping an individual like Elon is to sort of um, map back to that that memory or that remembrance and then sort of figure out how you got there and where it may stem from. Is it real or is it not real? Um, You know, ontology is really a... um, uh, is very closely related to uh, metaphysics, philosophy. So there's a lot of um, uh, crossover between those those fields. Wow. Mm. So, mm. yeah, that just sounds so interesting. And, and after the fact, and now that we're hearing it, you know, it, it seemed silly, but I'm like, oh, that makes sense for someone like that who's a visionary. Mm-hmm. They don't get to be a visionary without... Uh, thinking and approaching differently than, you know, uh, in a we a normal plebes might, you know, they want someone around who can map a brain or, you know, help recall facts and, and, uh, yeah, was, the existence of reality. It was a very unique experience. There's not a lot of, uh, chances to do work like this sort of outside of the, uh, academic field or, or, uh, you know, other similar areas. So this was a very unique opportunity for me and uh, I, I enjoyed it, you know, so, um, so, and it's fun now to be here and talk with you guys uh, about sort of what I do. Oh yeah. And, and our topic today is very interesting um, to us in sort of a, uh, a psychology way in a paranormal way, because we're working with, something that we don't know you know people say that space is the final frontier i think the brain is the final frontier because there's just so much that we don't know about it um and so i i'd like to ask you about what a a day in the life is like for for somebody like you like if you because i know you're, you're a former but uh, if you were working for elon what would be like a normal day for you yeah, so um, that's a great question. So we would probably, in one of our sessions, talk about um, you know thing ideas that he had, and you know Elon gets very into his head, right? So he's he's trying to determine. Let's take SpaceX for example. Um, you know, throwing ideas by you and like um, these plans that he has. But this plan does it sound familiar? Could it be from? You know, was it maybe introduced by someone else in the past or is it from a movie or is it from a book? And then we sort of work through those um, that sort of um, Well, you heard uh, Dr. Seymour describe it as pathways. Uh, We sort of work through those pathways to, um, you know, search for the inspiration behind these ideas and and where are they coming from? So, um, you know, I I would say I've probably got an easy uh, daily schedule in terms of of a nine to five job, you know, maybe it's a couple hours of being philosophical with one of the richest, smartest men in the world. Um, but that, that would be a typical day with Elon. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
So anyway, yeah, we're this week we're talking about the Mandela effect, mm-hmm. and uh, and it almost sometimes it treads into kind of uh, pop science or, or uh, pop psychology, uh, and it's it seems to be. Uh, part of the uh, the mainstream internet uh, culture at the moment, and uh, I think it's, and some people I think it do find it a little concerning that they may have memories of things that never happened. I mean, uh, our very own Elle Woods here mm-hmm. is, swears that uh, she has memories of um, what was it of Sinbad the, the Shazam. Being, I yeah. have. So, so, um, Dr. Sterling, I'll just, uh, I'll tell you exactly what my memory is. Maybe you can help me decipher it because it, it, knowing about this, it, it makes me feel like I, I can't trust myself and I don't like that. Uh, but my memory is that I, um, remember being a kid sitting on my parents' bed watching, uh, Sinbad as a genie in a movie called Shazam. And even years later, I I met a friend when I was in college and he said that he was in that movie, that he was, he played a cab driver in that movie Mm -hmm. and, and remember shooting it. And and now people are saying that it it doesn't exist. And so it's very, uh, disconcerting to me because why would I have this memory and why would a, a large group of people have the same memory and now suddenly it's not true? Yeah, that's actually a very common one. And uh, people also think that um, um, on sort of a – this one's more explainable, but people also think uh, Shaquille O'Neal was in a movie called Shazam, uh, which we know it was Kazam. Kazam, yeah. That's a very common, a common one. But to your point – um, I, I get that one a lot. And my theory is that if you remember, um, Sinbad <clears throat> did a lot of stand up in the 80s in these very brightly colored neon parachute pants that almost look like what we would call maybe genie pants. Mm-hmm. And I think people have those memories of seeing him on TV in those clothes and then and then sort of crossing over that. Oh, he must have been in this movie Shazam as a genie when that really wasn't the case. Yeah. That's my theory, anyway. Of, of yeah, have that and, and I can accept that, but deep down, I still feel like it's not true. I still feel like I have this memory. So whether it it is true or isn't, yeah. How do we deal with the fact that we might feel that it's still true? Well, I think you have to, um, you know, you have to come to terms with it. You know, you have to sort of. Um, basically take a look at things and go, okay, you know, um, I have to accept this. I have to move on. Other people have made this mistake. It's not, uh, unique to me, so I shouldn't get too bent out of shape about it. I mean, uh, you know, there are lots of other examples I could give you. And, And, you know, part of my job when I do these talks or when I talk to people like, like yourself and like James about, about this is that they really, uh, somewhere along the way, uh, and one of the examples I deliver, their mind gets blown by the end of the conversation, whether mm-hmm. they are, oh, I've heard of that one before. That I never had that misunderstanding. But there will be one example in the conversation um, that will really throw them for a loop and, you know, send them off to uh, Google or, or whatever to, to, to verify that, that what I'm saying is true. Wow. 
that mm-hmm. that might be a good segment for the show. Minds blown or, Minds or blown. Re- reality check with uh, Dr. Roger Sterling. Yeah, do you yeah. have uh, like a, a do you have any sort of test or like bullets? Yeah. Uh, do you guys wanna, the, would you guys want to do some right now? Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm I, you yeah. know, I'm always up for a reality check, however harsh it may be. So I love, I love quizzes. So, okay. yeah, we so do what? have an affinity for qu- <laughs> we I, love quizzes. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, let's start with uh, let's start with something that's um, um, sort of sort of small. Okay. okay. So uh, I'm going to ask you both the correct name for cheese it. Is it cheese it's or cheese it? Plural it's or singular? The actual brand name. Is it Cheez Its or Cheez It? Uh, Cheez Its. It's Cheez It. It's Cheez It. There is no Z oh, no, or um, S on the end of the brand name. Okay. All right. That's oh. the one. Okay. Um, so reality shattered uh, yeah, one for I mean, L. Woods. It's, and, it's, uh, the Cheez It yeah. sounds wrong, but okay. How about um, Curious George? The monkey. We're all familiar mm-hmm. with Curious George. Yeah. Did Curious George have a tail? Uh, no, no, he did not have a tail. Well, he's, and I'm going to say yes because he's a monkey. He did not have a tail. Oh. What? Yeah. Uh, I guess that even evens things out a bit. One to one reality shattered. Um, I'm just. I'm thinking about it. He used to wear outfits, and I, I don't ever remember seeing a tail coming out of the outfit so and i yeah and i just think it, it, yeah monkey yeah, has a tail monkey. how, how about the uh, monopoly guy whose real name uh what uh, just fun fact here was rich uncle Pennybags. yeah oh yeah penny bags what penny about bags. Him? Yeah. uh did he wear a monocle yes yeah of course so he did not wear what? a monocle yeah <sighs> oh maybe a mr peanut wears a monocle um well, okay oh he, so he does not that's weird okay yeah. all right the flintstones okay how many t's are in the word flintstones flintstones Flintstone two i'm gonna say one two t's flint flintstones flint stones yeah a lot of people think it's flynn but it's, flint, yeah, no one says flint, I'm going to go have a, a Flintstone flint stone vitamin. Flint. Yeah, no one yeah. says that. That's flint. ridiculousness. Yeah. So uh, one more, one more, doctor. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, can I actually do two more? Because that's yeah. fine, doctor. Fine. Two more fine. shattered yeah. to my reality <laughs> while you're I'm at sure it. Yes. These two for the I was building oh, up. Oh, the, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so this one's a pretty common one. Um, can anyone tell me what the last line from Vader is to Luke Skywalker in Empire Strikes Back? The famous one? The famous one, yeah. It's uh, Luke, I'm your father. Luke, I am your father. Yes, that you you both have the same answer. Yeah, yeah, Luke, yeah I, Luke. I am your father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He actually never says Luke. He only what? says I'm your father. What? But he's looking at Luke, right? He is, yes. So, but he never says, okay. Luke, I am your father. He just says, I, I am your father. We remember it as Luke, Luke I am your father. Okay. Uh. And uh, last one for you is um, we've all 
I at least seen the clip of Tom Cruise in uh, Risky Business. Yeah. You know, the famous scene where he comes sliding into the hallway. Right. Yeah, yeah I've heard. Yeah, uh, yeah I've heard uh, that I see when you're in middle school and you're a girl, you you pause it or something, or you're you're <laughs> you're watching that scene uh, uh, on and on repeat or something. Okay. Sure. That's um, got to be a thing. Is um, is he wearing sunglasses in that scene? Yes. No, he is not. He is not wearing sunglasses in that scene. Where did the sunglasses come from then? Because the he's poster. wearing sunglasses in the poster. Uh, okay, well, that's a trick question because he is and he isn't. <laughs> but my point is, <laughs> is that you've heard over time, you've heard people say, Luke, I am your father. Yes. You've seen people impersonate the risky business scene wearing sunglasses. You've heard people call them Cheez-Its, um, you know all these different examples. And so over time we've come to um, accept these things as being fact when in actuality they're not. And so these are examples of the Mandela effect. And mm -hmm. I would expand on what Dr. Seymour said earlier about, um, you know, pathways through neighbor's yards. Um, another way to think of, of these memories is um, the game of telephone. And so each time you try mm -hmm. to remember the memory and the older you get, the memory becomes like a game of telephone and it gets distorted over time until you don't remember it quite exactly as it was, even though you're 100% certain um, that it's real. Yeah. And then you have people like me when I play telephone, I would I would change it on purpose in the middle of the game. So it would be like crazy at the end. But but yes, I, I, uh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, we hear one thing, especially with like the Flintstones. Mm -hmm. When we speak, we don't, we, I think it's called dentalizing a T. We, we, we do a, like a D or we drop the T because that's how people speak. So they'll say Flintstones rather than Flint stones. Mm -hmm. And so over time, people believe that there is no T in the middle. Sure. And, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, it's also, you know, you get into a whole uh, sociology thing, too, with with these examples, because if enough people tell you that's the way it is, then you start to believe it. You go, OK, yeah, I guess it must be if you say it is and, and she says it is, then, you know, so there's a lot of other fields that sort of get can come into this, you know, philosophy um, like we said, metaphysics, but also the sociological experiments that could be done in terms of convincing someone to remember something a different way than maybe they did before. Wow. That's, that <laughs> yeah. has some, some pretty hefty uh, implications. I think we'll have to uh, delve into that a little bit further um, after we come back from a, a quick break. How does that sound? Sounds good. Welcome back after a short break. This week on Real True Facts, we're talking about the Mandela effect with Roger Sterling, um, PhD. So, Roger, before we went into a break, uh, you know, we were starting to get into some of the heady uh, psych uh, sociological uh, implications of uh, almost of creating a lie and, and reinforcing the lie. Um, one thing that I can't help uh, think about 
that uh, it keeps coming back w- with the the reliability of our memories is is court is how you know you bring in a, a someone's testimony and they say oh well I saw this person at this exact time and they were wearing this exact thing and they were doing this exact stuff mm-hmm. um, you know in in your uh, expert opinion in in your opinion how reliable are our memories. Well, I think it depends too on the you know on the um, the distance away from from the event occurring. I think the closer you are to it, obviously, the more reliable your um, your memory is. I mean, the examples that we were talking about before the break, a lot of those are for most from most of our childhoods, right? So, of course, we're talking about ten, twenty, thirty years on. Um, so I think, you know, if we're talking about these examples, that to me is different than, you know, being in court six months to a year later. Now, the point that you raise is one that, um, defense attorneys and prosecutors, both depending on the timing will bring up in a court. I mean, we've seen that before. How reliable is this witness's testimony? Where were you standing? What did you see? Um, you know, asking you to remember other little details. And so, yes, when you get into um, our our recollections of these details, no matter how minute, those can be used against you in a court of law to, to cast um, uh, doubt upon your uh, your recollection in, in uh, a given situation. Well, people are highly suggestible, too. There's a lot of external factors that Mm -hmm. I I think can manipulate somebody's memory or change it in a certain way. Um, You know, these false memories are part of what's called like a false memory syndrome. I I did a little bit of research prior to this because I just wasn't sure about this whole Mandela effect. And um, there are a few things that go into that uh, trauma, sleep dep- uh, deprivation, hypnosis, even uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways that people can become manipulated. And, um, you know, I, I think it's different than our memory changing over the years, because when you're a kid, you remember things differently or you only remember the good things or you only remember the bad things. Uh, in the case of the Berenstain Bears thing. I'm open to believing that I remember it as Berenstein just because maybe that book was read to me and that is how my mom pronounced yes. Ber- Berenstein or I heard it away and I remember it being Berenstein or I it, it changed as I talked about it. So, you know, I can see those things gradually changing and then ultimately we remember it that way. But um, very interesting point to bring up is this idea of manipulation in the brain, uh, gaslighting, trauma, those things like that, uh, because that changes perception as well. Uh, Can you talk about that a a little bit? Oh, sure. Well, you touched on it in what you were just saying. So uh, there are different external factors that can have an effect on your memory. So lack of sleep, or maybe you haven't eaten in a while, or you've been under a lot of stress. And you know, these things can be used if we go back to uh, the criminal, the court proceedings uh, example that James raised. So, you know, we've seen in the past or uh, read reports of um, police or investigators using these tactics to when they're questioning a witness and, you know, maybe not getting the answer they want. 
um, you know, you keep someone in a, in an interview room holding cell and for hours at a time. And then you, you know, you start to ask them, well, are you sure you saw it that way? Could it have maybe been this way? Uh, and of course, then the person starts to doubt themselves. Maybe their memory changes based on the fact that, um, the person they're talking to wants to hear a certain answer from them. So there's a number of, of things that can, um, affect the way, not just our memories, but the way in which we recall them. Um, to your point about the Berenstein Bears or Berenstain Bears, for, absolutely. If someone read you that book and they that was their pronunciation, um, and especially from a trusted person like a mother, then of course you have no reason to ever doubt that that's the way it was. Um, so there's just a number of factors. You know, you can't nail it down to one or two things about why we believe something is a certain way that it is. So L uh, used a certain term that I've heard seems to be really uh, hot right now on the, on the internet and in the media, gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what is that? Well, gaslighting, simply put, is to um, tell you that, um, you know, what you've seen or what you read didn't actually happen and that what you're seeing or reading you shouldn't believe and something else happened in its place. That's essentially what what gaslighting is. Um, I mean, maybe the most famous literary example is um, if we look at the book 1984 by Orwell, you know, that famous line, the party told you, well, I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember it off the top of my head, but the party told you not to believe um, your own eyes and ears, so to speak. Um, and so, you know, if, if someone, if you read something and you go, oh, well, okay, so um, uh, the, the, the president said he wasn't going to do this. He was, he was not going to outlaw this. Uh, and then, or he was going to outlaw this. I'm sorry. And then the next day he tells you, no, I never said that. Well, he's gaslighting you. He's attempting to gaslight you and telling you not to believe um, what you've heard or read previously. So this is almost like forcing the, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, for using our own uh, uh, show title, but it's almost like forcing the Mandela effect for uh, your own personal gain or for nefarious purposes or for, I I mean, I guess to your own means, uh, kind of forcing this Mandela effect. Is that that what this is, what um, uh, gaslighting is? Um. Possibly to to a degree, you know, earlier before the break, we were talking about pop culture examples and those are fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but I would argue that along the same lines you're talking about, that there is another type of uh, Mandela effect, and that is where it almost becomes a coping mechanism. And so we don't want to remember things the way that they necessarily were. Um, Repression, right? Mm -hmm. Repressed memory. Yes, that we want to remember them in a much a uh, rosier way or a better way that's more comfortable to us to then be able to process them or carry them with us in the future. Well, and I've said this before, it is our brain's job to make sense of nonsense. We, we want to have a reason for everything. And um, if someone was going to gaslight another person, ultimately, if they kept at it and they were convincing with it, our brain would accept what they were saying is true because mm-hmm. we, we, we want to uh, make sense of it. So, you know, so, oh, I never said that. 
and you go, well, I think you did. And, and they keep insisting they didn't say it. Eventually you're going to go, well, did they? Uh, maybe they didn't. Yeah. And so they, they, a person can end up convincing someone else something happened. Even if their memory is accurate, they might start to believe that it isn't. And that's a really scary thing for me is I want to be able to trust my memory. I want to be able to trust my brain and, and all, all that. And so that is, uh, that's almost like a, a psychic attack as, as far as I'm concerned. And so I, I am afraid of people using this for evil and not just for fun uh, Star Wars quotes. Yeah, there. I mean, you're 100% right. There are people who, you know, can look at, at the pop culture side and go, well, that's fun. I always thought it was this, or I thought this song lyric was this, when in fact it's this. And then there's the other side who, you know, um, who worry that uh, they're being manipulated or perhaps they had a family member um, who had, let's say, Alzheimer's or something, and they're worried that they may get it. So, I, you know, there are people who obsessively take sort of like memory tests and do these mental uh, exercises to make sure that, you know, it never happens to them. You know, there's there's two sides of the coin on this. And, um, you know, there's like everything, I guess, there's a there's sort of a good side that we can talk and joke about. And then there's another side. And we actually, now that I think about it, have encountered this numerous times on this show when it comes to, um, you know, Bigfoot. People will deny it, whether they're personally denying it to themselves mm -hmm. or whether it's a government agency uh, with uh, aliens and extraterrestrials. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that happen that's happening every day trying to rewrite uh the the memory and say you know no that never happened well yes it did i saw it well did you see it mm? yeah and then we have to make shows like this saying that those things did happen because someone has to set the record straight wow who knew that the mandela effect would cut to the core uh, of real I true facts. I, I mean, I didn't know. That's really what this show ends up being all about. I had a good idea that that would be the, be the case. So what are some exercises we can do? You mentioned exercise. Maybe these are ones that you did with uh, Elon Musk. Uh, what are some things that we can do as regular people trying to hang on to our precious memories? Uh, what can we do to protect those? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, write things down. That's one thing. Um, you know, keep a journal, keep a diary. Um, you know, there's an old uh, Japanese saying that the, the faintest ink is better than the, the sharpest memory. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, writing things down, keeping a journal, keeping a diary, that's that's great to help you with your memory. Um, you know, there are things that you can do uh, like uh, sequential exercises. So trying to remember different words or phrases in the correct order, um, you know, kind of testing yourself that way. Um, you know, things like that. But uh, there are a number of them. Those are a couple of examples. Mm -hmm. mm. Writing things down. I never thought of that. I feel I, I, like writing things down and then reading them again. Well, we have, a, we have a hard time with that. Yeah, we maybe we that, yeah, maybe that's what's caused this big Mandela effect <laughs> problem is no one writes anything down anymore. 
Um, and it just turned into uh, one big game of cyber telephone where someone's, you know, writes on the internet, Luke, I am your father. And the next thing you know, that's, that's the truth. Did you guys ever, when you were in school or anything, did you ever like hear, like if you, you know, you write it down and then you read it back to yourself that that's supposed to help with your, you know, your memory, or if you study while listening to classical music, that's supposed to help you retain knowledge, you know, things yeah, like I, I guess I just always thought yeah. that was BS, you know, to be honest. And now I, I wish I had taken that bit more well, seriously. Yeah, I, I, I would study with classical music on because I was so desperate to retain information, especially with subjects that I wasn't that great at. So I would listen to classical music and whether it worked or not, I believed it did. And so I felt like I was more intelligent mm-hmm. when I, when I listened to the music and I, I talk about the power of intent a lot. And, and I think that, um, the mind has, uh, huge capabilities when it comes to, if you uh, believe in something, then it's true. Whether it is sure. or isn't, you believe it is. Right. right. Yeah. The power of classical music, I think, is um, cannot be overstated. And here's the thing. I don't really remember the subjects that I was learning, but I remember the songs that I would listen to. So I remembered something. Well, now that here's the question. I mean, yeah. do you really remember what the songs were or do you think you remember? Uh well, I remember, I remember the CDs, mm. and I, I remember liking uh, certain composers more than others. I mean, I, I guess I never really knew what the songs were called because classical songs have really long titles that don't really make sense. Yeah, or it's, it's like, just numbers, numbers yeah, and letters. Yeah, it's like no, number number two Allegro. It's like, well, that could be anything. I don't know what that is. Like, yeah, number two of four in the set of nine. And yeah, yeah like, it's I just can't, I, I can't remember what that's called. It's nonsense. It's oh, but uh, I but I know when I hear it. Right, and that's and I just brought I just asked that because it's scary now because it makes me I, I wonder now. I mean, if if um, you know we we. Had, thought we'd seen Shazam or Kazam yeah. and we're definitely sure of it now, you know, are some of my most treasured memories, just uh, <laughs> fiction that I made up or that has evolved over time. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the thing. Do I remember for sure? No. But do I think I remember? Yes. So uh-huh. I guess I remember. So... <sighs> Before we wrap this week up, uh, Dr. Sterling, um, you know, we kind of went over our uh, what, uh, you know, what kind of things can we do to, you know, mental exercises and things. Are there any other bits of advice you would kind of give our listeners when it comes to things like the Mandela effect or, or memory or gaslighting or protecting and cherishing our own memories or, you know, anything, uh, words of wisdom? Uh, well, for starters, I would say don't stress yourself out about certain things that you may not remember the way you think you should. You know, there are some things that are important to remember and there are other things that that aren't so much. And, you know, the brain can only um, hold so much information. I mean, that's not literally true, but um, 
you know, from a human standpoint, we can only retain so much information, right? Something's, mm. something's going to get pushed to the back of our memory for something else. That's just the way it works. Um, in terms of gaslighting or um, on that topic, I think the most important thing is to consider the sources that you get your information from. And it doesn't hurt to check for a second source um, in these cases to really verify that, you know, that what you're seeing and hearing is is accurate and, um, you know, that it's that it's true to to either memory or, or something that you should be retaining. Yeah. Well, that's the mission statement of our show. We give you the real true facts, but ultimately we want our listeners to find the truth. Yeah. And that's the exact right approach, you know, as trustworthy as, you know, as, as you guys are in your show, um, even beyond trusting, hopefully it starts a conversation and gets people to want to learn more about the topic just in general, just for their own education, not even from a trust standpoint. Oh, exactly. So, uh, what we hope to do is, um, inspire people to find facts on their own and then help report those back. I think that's a big part of this, this communication loop. And, um, Speaking of communication, I was going to say, speaking of wow, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll, wow. I'll, I'll take that. I'll, Go for I'll, it. So, but uh, uh, thanks again for joining us uh, this week, uh, Doctor Sterling. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you guys for having me. This was a uh, this was a very fun talk. Thank you, Doctor Sterling. So, uh, speaking of that communication loop, yes. uh, L, what do we have this week for our mailbag? Uh, mailbag today, we have one question uh, from, uh, I, I would assume, two brothers, uh, Peter and Alan Dumfright. Uh, they write, how do stories become urban legends? Are there suburban legends? What about rural legends? And then just regular legends. What's the difference? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, there we had a little bit of urban legend, I think, on, on this episode and and urban a lot legends. of our episodes in the past, right? Some things are... Some things mm-hmm. are urban legends, like, um, uh, I guess, like the uh, Jersey Devil. Right. You know, that's it an urban legend. can be real and an urban legend, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I think they may have answered their own question because if there is an urban legend, then it, it would stand to reason that... There are also suburban legends and rural legends if it's based on location. So I would imagine like Bigfoot might be a a rural legend. Yeah, and I mean that really does get kind of into agricultural and anthropological um, questions in that, you know, before we had, you know, you know, what's a city, what's a suburb, you know, what is urban and suburban um, I think it's just easier for us to have, you know, urban legends uh, as kind of a modern, a modern legend. Yeah, you know, modern, you never hear yeah. anyone say, oh, have you heard the legend of, you know, the 40 foot skyscraper? And it's like, no, the no, legend of the, the dragon and Dracula yeah, and stuff. Yeah, legends stuff, legends yeah. are like dragons, knights, you know, like Lady right. of the Lake. And then you know, legends like, you know, Mickey Mantle, uh, 
Babe Ruth, like sports legends. Like a, I guess a person can be a legend. I guess that yeah, would make a yeah, legend. Yeah, there are living and there's living, living legend. Living legends. Right. You know, so, or, uh, okay. So that yeah, it, I guess it isn't as so, cut and dry yeah, as I originally yeah. thought. So they want to know what the difference is. I, I guess the difference is uh, location and um, uh, human versus not. I guess a living legend perhaps is a person, and an urban legend is an idea or um, a creature, perhaps. Yeah, I don't, you know, I think I, we'll I, have yeah, to, I don't know. if we want to get deeper, we'll have to bring on one of our uh, sociologists or, or even an archaeologist, uh, perhaps, and, yeah, and well, delve into we, this further. But I, yeah. that's a great question. So thanks for yeah. bringing that up. Um, how can folks send us these questions? Uh, people can email us. We have a brand new email, uh, which may not be totally new now but uh it's different than our old one it's uh, mail at realtruefactspodcast.com um and you can listen to the show at realtruefactspodcast.com uh send us mail through that one uh, you can also follow us on instagram at realtruefactsgram and you can always send us uh, a dm uh send us a message there and uh, sometimes we'll put up question prompts. So if you see something on our Instagram stories, you can always respond to it there. We like hearing from you guys. So um, reach out to us that way. And you can listen to the show on multiple platforms, right? Yes. Uh, you can see us on just about every perceivable platform. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, every perceivable and conceivable platform. There's Apple uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google uh switcher or it's stitcher sorry um uh, spotify um podbean or you can just head to um realtruefactspodcast.com and it'll yeah. take you right to the podbean um even youtube if you like to if you use the youtube app frequently um you can listen to the the show on there so um just about everywhere and if there isn't somewhere that you'd like us to be let us know. I find it very hard to believe because we are everywhere now. <laughs> but yeah, anywhere that, that you listen to, because we have listeners from all over the world. So maybe there's a platform that's better for you. Uh, reach out, let us know, ask us your questions. Uh, we will read your questions on the show and we might even do a show about it. The uh, The show was based off of a listener question. So uh, it always always helpful to get topics that way. But um yeah, I think that'll be it for us today. I, you know, it's one of those things where I, I, I I'm more confused <laughs> leaving now because hopefully you can trust your own brain. Hopefully, you know, just you can do that. But I guess just uh, get some sleep, eat something. Maybe uh, you'll be able to remember things better. Yeah, I, you know, sometimes these episodes, it's sometimes we're fairly cut and dry when it's over, and sometimes it's like we just opened a whole a whole new can of worms or a whole new Pandora's box, and there are more questions. I feel like this has been one of those, um, you know, where it's just uh, m more questions and uh, you know even greater thoughts to be posited. So yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think that's. Um, positive and beneficial as well yeah and we can revisit this on uh, uh, 
episodes coming up we'll check in with dr sterling again uh so thank you to our guest today uh dr roger sterling thank you to dr seymour who was able to join us today from the science bunker great stuff and um thank you listeners from all around the world we can't do it without you uh tuning in makes our job so much easier so tell your friends Tell your coworkers, uh, gaslight them if you have to, but nicely, uh, nicely to it. Uh, listen to our show and uh, keep questioning your world because just because you read about it or hear about it doesn't mean it's true. We'll see you next time on Real True Facts.